This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. The Pest Buzz, Dad and Dawn. Welcome to the Pest Buzz radio show with Dad and Dawn. I've got Dad today. You've been away for a couple of shows. I have. I've been renovating a little lifestyle block down south. Yes. Yeah. And um, doing it a bit of pest control down there as yes. well. Yeah, hitting the possums hard. Yeah. Yes. Over the, the bait was, as we mentioned before, had all gone, and but now they're back again. Ah. But there are, of course, lots of possum in the area. Yep, so they'll be moving in. They love the macrocarpa hedge, this massive macrocarpa hedge, it's so thick, they just love it. Oh really? Yeah. You do a bit of possum hunting, don't you Neil? So I just want to introduce Neil Goldie to the show today, it's really, really good to have you on the show. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, what is it that you do? Uh, I have a number of uh, strengths to my bow. Um, I am a full-time fishing guide. Uh, when I'm not doing that, I'm working for a forestry company, running some logging crews, and then I also um, do a lot of fishing and hunting and that for myself. And that's why I invited you on the show today, so that we can talk about that hunting part of what you do. And we had a little discussion before we came into the studio today about deer, mm-hmm. um, because that's quite a pest in New Zealand, isn't it? that they are getting to that stage. They were a pest in, back in the 60s, weren't they? In the 50s yes, and 60s. But they were. Um, yeah. The government uh, employed um, hunters, they're called cullers, to cull the animals uh, over the years, and they've kept a lot of the numbers under control. Uh, and then back in the 70s and 80s, the commercialisation of uh, venison had a major impact on the uh, deer numbers as well. And the velvet too, wasn't it? The yes, oh, yeah, very velvet much so. was huge. I also velvet. remember velvet being huge in vitamins and yes. Yes. you would buy the red velvet and it was super expensive. I even remember. I think. Yes, yes, it was. Yeah. I even remember going to um, one of my teacher's farms, her brother yeah. had a velvet farm yeah. and we went out there to have a look around. So do you remember when the red deer were introduced species? We didn't have anything like that here in New Zealand. When were they introduced and uh, why? In the, in the 1800s, um, they were introduced uh, for sport by the English and the deer came from um, good herds with good genetic gene pool and um, they came to New Zealand and they flourished in our environment. Mm. But always, uh, the question I always have is why are deer a pest? Why can't we have deer roaming around, just doing their deer business? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, Deer, by their nature, uh, browse very heavily and they cause a considerable amount of damage to our native bush. Um, And they eat a variety of plants. They love broadleaf, but they they like a lot of our native plants as well. So what would be their favourite native? I'd, I'd say... Broadleaf, because it's probably the most stable. Uh, like if you're, if you're hunting... Uh, it sounds you're, like a you're, weed. It sounds like you're... 
Ball no, leaf sounds like a weed, doesn't it? I think it's a type it's of a tree. tree. Oh, yeah. Tree. And uh, what what you find is uh, the animals love broadleaf. And if I'm hunting, if I find uh, in, in a bush area with broadleaf gullies, hey, that's a hot spot for them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What's the picture then if deer were just left to go? And possums just left to go and we said, okay, we give up. We throw up our hands. We're going to just change this whole landscape here. What is the picture that you would see in 50 years? Uh, you'd basically see our native bush uh, decimated. Mm-hmm. Um, the other uh, predators would be in on the act as well. You'd have a lot more stoats and ferrets and possums and everything. Would well, end so, up like Scotland or something like that? Uh, totally barren and just green. <laughs> <laughs> no, th- we they, they didn't have. They haven't had the native bush, which is uh, <laughs> peculiar to New Zealand, and which is plant everything in pine, wouldn't we? Need? Lots oh, of thistles. Yes. Well, that, <laughs> that, that that's another issue. You know, planting pines uh, for carbon sink it, um, could be a, a good thing. You know, um, a lot of a lot of farmers are, are moving that way now too, uh, yeah. because uh, they see that uh, there's there's more money to be made there and they're utilising their land a lot more efficiently. Mm. Yeah, okay. they have to. There's a, there's a connection between what you do with the forestry yes. industry and pest control That's too, true. isn't there? Yep. Um, well, basically, um, as, for, as foresters and looking after uh, planting trees, etc., we like to make sure that um, the uh, possums, hares, wallabies, pigs, deer um, don't compromise uh, our plantings, etc. So they actually like the new seedlings, they, they, they? They like, like those new things. Um, the example, for example, um, about 18 months ago, we, we had a look at a block down on the banks of the Waitaki. We, pl- we planted uh, two hectares of pines, and we uh, went into what they call mortality count. We wanted to see how well they had um, progressed. And me and my partner found no seedlings at all. Whoa. They'd all been demolished by wow. possums and now, pigs. Two hectares. Is about how many about two hectares. Uh, and that, that was only, is it only part of 2.2 acres to a hectare, mm. is that correct? Yeah, about that. So there's a considerable amount of area. So that was a considerable amount, and the whole area was um, no, just covered in uh, wallaby scat. And what sort wow. of a financial loss would that look like? Uh, I couldn't tell you uh, accurately, but it, it's, it's not cheap, you know. <laughs> Um, and it's um, it's just very disconcerting mm. if you're a farmer and you're planting uh, trees for the future and they're just getting decimated. So, uh, from our point of view, we we want to make sure that we don't have any um, uh, pred- predators at the end of the day in there. Yeah. And uh, the likes of pigs uh, can create a lot of damage as well uh, with the with the rooting of the paddocks and everything. So does the forestry industry have standard operating procedures around the uh, pest management in those areas? Uh, yes, we Is it part of their plan when they're doing a planting to well, also we, take we, care we of do, that? But we do build that into um, planting, uh, especially if there's an area and it's got high uh, densities, no, we, we'll, um, we'll contract someone to uh, eradicate them in that area. Is that right? Yeah. So uh, it's... it's um, it's a it's a it's a big. Does uh, the landowner yeah. pay pay for that? Uh, the landowner does, yeah. So it's um, it, there's a there's a lot to it, um, but we we usually contract it out and right. we get people to do it and then we either use um, ten eighty or or what have you. Oh, is oh. that right? You'll mm. use ten eighty. We will use ten eighty. Cyanide yeah. as well. Uh, it depends on what the um, pest con- 
uh, controller feels is the most effective way to deal with them. So who collects that data? Who says, look, you know what, there are so many possums and there are so many deer here, we need somebody well, to come you, in usually, and take Usually our, uh, our, for, our forester is the person who will organise the, um, the planting. And as part of her planting plan, now she'll be uh, looking at what the pest uh, statuses, and then well, no, we will organise everything according from there. How does she know what the pest status is? Well, she'll be having a look at um, details of numbers of possums or that in the area, whether they do a count or what have you. Uh, but she wouldn't be doing that; she'd be getting someone to do that. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, so the, all, of, it, all of that it, assessment's contracted yeah, out for yeah, the most all, part. Yeah, all that all that type of thing. So we get get an idea of what, what we're actually uh, dealing with. Yeah. Yep. We talked earlier about deer being a pest, and you were saying some numbers of people today going and shooting in blocks. How many deer they they got? Uh, the, the the deer numbers at the at the moment uh, are, are climbing, uh, mainly because um, uh, there has been a, a lot less commercial activity over the last four or five years. Uh, due to numerous uh, reasons, but uh, one being uh, not viable for commercial recovery. Uh, in the past, um, the commercial recovery has actually had a major impact on keeping the numbers down. So what sort of numbers were they getting in the shoot? I think you're talking about some blocks of land. Oh, down, down south, there's, uh, on some private land down there, no, there's... Um, there's indications that some some farms getting two, three, four hundred animals, and may, and maybe more. You know, if they're trying uh, to cull the numbers of animals. So two or three hundred animals shot in one. Well, uh, if they, if they put the heli helicopter oh, through, for oh, example, and shoot, shoot them. So there's a lot of. Uh, no, there's there's a lot of anecdotal information. Um, I've I've actually personally seen mobs of ten, fifteen. Um, over the last while, uh, whereas previously you wouldn't see big numbers, but on some of the back uh, country blocks and uh, northern Southland and that, there's there's big numbers of animals come right. out. Bearing in mind, not all this is uh, dock land. This would be a, a lot of these blocks would be uh, private land as well. Because you and I went out, you took me out for a hunting expedition yep. somewhere in Haranui. Yep. And we were walking along some uh, farmers' yep. land. And we actually saw some. Yeah, well, we were we were looking for rabbits at that time, and these these carrots. On a uh, these, full moon. It was uh, yeah, it was a uh, it was an interesting evening because it was a full moon, and we we couldn't uh, hunt them the way we wanted to, because we were actually looking for possums and, and rabbits at the time. So uh, it got a little noisy too, didn't it? <laughs> it got a little bit noisy. Yeah, but um, it was Neil noisy. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Neil the hunter. <laughs> Yes, my hunting guy got a little noisy. <laughs> Scared off the deer. With his yeah. bipod against the yeah, fence. Well, yeah, no, I'm not much of a hunter either. Yeah, so. But, so you are not much of a hunter. No, no. So tell me that experience, your first hunting experience. Well, I, cool. I do remember the passion of the moment. I, was, I must have been about 13, and we had chickens, and we used to feed the chickens wheat, and, and we stored it in these big 44-gallon drums. They're almost as tall as I was, and made of metal, and I went out to feed the chickens. There was hardly any wheat in it. And at the bottom of it was a mouse running around. So I thought, oh, look at that, it's a mouse. And so, oh, good, I'm going to shoot that. I'm going to hunt that mouse. So I went and got Dash 22 and had bird shot in it. We're not and talking about a 22 air rifle. No, no, no a rifle. Full, yeah, these, this is back in the 70s before, before health and safety. And, and so I, <laughs> How I, would you say you were again? About 13. 
and I was in this barrel and I was just my, my bar- my, I was in this looking in this drum and my barrel was going round and round in circles following the mouse as it was running round and round and round. I want to just stand still for a minute. And I got so excited, I get deeper and deeper bending inside this drum. Eventually I let, let it go and shot the mouse and kaboom, this big explosion with my head inside a 44-gallon metal drum. <laughs> I was stunned by the noise and my ears are ringing. <laughs> and then... The mouse, I think the mouse died more from fright. <laughs> I don't think I actually hit it. <laughs> what were you using in the bird shot or something? Bird shot in the twenty-two. Yes, yeah. an old uh, old rifle we had. Yeah. So how does that how does so that compare to the yes <laughs> to the type of hunting that's done professionally? Very, very close, I'd say. I'd say so. I'd say that the standard operating procedures written off that. <laughs> Uh, is is that uh, pro- uh, professionally by the com- commercial shooters or? Um, well, you you're a professional hunter, isn't it? That's yeah, what... I I um, I spend a lot of time hunting, and uh, I I did um, quite a bit of uh, guiding for birds and, and that over over the years as well. Um, so that's that's a different type of hunting altogether. But as far as uh, venison that's concerned, um, I'd like to fill my freezer, uh, and it's it's an addiction. You just In my might, freezer, yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh no, the Dutchman, ignore him. <laughs> you know, it's 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 getting out getting out there and and doing it, and uh, it's it's addictive. You just you just want to be out there all the time, and yeah. a lot of uh, a lot of my friends are uh, in the hunting fraternity as well. Some of them are commercial um, hunters, uh, others are just so passionate about it. You know, they they just want they want to be hunting all the time. And a number of them are looking for big heads. Yep. Um, and by uh, big heads, you mean trophies? Tro- trophy heads. Yes, yes. Uh, and with the big, with the big antlers. And a lot Pointers. of a lot of my younger, uh, younger friends in particular, when they um, they they love uh, the alpine work, you know, in in the tops, chasing the chamois and the tar and the stags. And so alpine the work. What you mean is the mountains, the, the mountains and the tops being yep. right at the very top because that's yep. where tar and chamois hang out, isn't yep, it? Exactly. Yes. And, and that, that's one thing cold. about New Zealand. A lot of uh, we've got we're unique compared with uh, a lot of countries in the world. So we have uh, we have hunters coming in from overseas to to hunt them, mm-hmm. and there's uh, businesses that have been set up to actually cater for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a number of um, game parks around, and uh, the like, and the the guys manage that. They manage. The, they look at managing the deer on their place. That's why I'm saying that some places like North uh, North Otago and some of the other farms and that, some of the high country ones, they they have maintained a, a nucleus of animals, and then they just build up. So you've, it's they have like a management strategy to deal with it. When you- Oh, sorry to interrupt you, Neil. When you're talking about all this chamois and deer and wa- wallaby, you mentioned wallaby, uh, possum, rabbits, okay, and everybody is very well aware of 2050 predator-free uh, goal. Yep. What is your opinion of, uh, of us achieving uh, such a thing? Well, that's... Uh, with, with, your, with your knowledge... Well, totally unprepared and, and you know <laughs> be prepared. Be prepared. Uh, well, my my own, my own personal view is uh, we have we have definitely got to reduce our predators. Yes. There's no two ways about it. Uh, we're seeing some uh, damage to our native uh, bush, uh, impacts of um, the likes of stoats and ferrets 
on our, our on our bird life and our native wildlife as well. Um, we we need to have uh, a lot a concentrated approach on the various species, um, and I think some things uh, we can totally we will be striving to totally eradicate. Mm -hmm. uh, Which ones do you think we can totally eradicate? I think uh, we we get we could really make a huge huge dent in possums. Right. That uh, the likes of stoats and ferrets uh, they're they're a different animal altogether, and they're pretty as you're well aware they're very very difficult to control. Uh, yes. Very very smart. Mm. Um, wallabies uh, we we could make big inroads in there. Um, I know. Uh, They've got a wallaby exclusion zone now down south around Waimati, uh, in that Waimati area, and uh, they're keeping pretty much on top of that. So they keep the pressure on that. And we can use new technology as well for the likes of wallabies, like uh, thermal imaging gear. Mm -hmm. um, I saw some footage the other day of a pest controller using thermal imaging uh, with a drone, and he was communicating with the ground shooters where they were and uh, very, very efficient. Mm. And um, it's, it's using technology to our advantage. Mm -hmm. um, the likes of uh, wild pigs, um, they're natural survivors anyway. Uh, we, we could keep a good, uh, we, we get those numbers way down. Um, whether we'll get total control, um, a lot's gonna depend on the use of technology and the use of uh, people on the ground and also maybe new poisons that uh, target specific. Mm -hmm. It well, needs to be a totally integrated approach. The only poisons available for the likes of wallaby is 1080. That, that's Cyanide. correct, yep. That's it, it's yep. nothing else. Not, not a uh, anticoagulant type of rat poison work on a wallaby? Well, I'm thinking that Pindome would, because Pindome works on everything. But oh, I, I, it's I think, not registered for use. It's uh, only those two tools and, of course, firearms. Mm. Yes, yes. They did a big study. They did a big study, I think. The Bay of Plenty Council did a study. They invited people to come in with some ideas on how they might um, control some Dharma wallaby in a particular mm. area. Yeah. And they had a few contractors going in yeah. there with ideas. There's, but, I mean... There's... Um, uh, there's nothing uh, really came out there's of com it. Companies see. like uh, KiwiCare. Uh, for mm -hmm. example, they do. Um, they're they're working all the time uh, at uh, finding a uh, poisons that are going to be effective for particular species, etc. Um, so it's expensive to do that, though. Yeah, it is. So you've got to ha you've got to have so it's economy of scale. You've got to have the uh, you've got to have the uh, the aim and what you're trying to achieve and what it's going to cost you to try and develop. And once you've developed it actually getting it uh, through the, uh, mm. the process to be able to be used. And, and that's and very, that, very difficult. And that's, it can take that's, years. That's difficult and it's expensive. Yes. So, you know, there has to be a lot of a lot of investment there. Um, there's, that's... Who should be investing? That's, uh, that's, the, that's the question. Who Who is um, the people who are doing the uh, control? Uh, or should it be government uh, pay for... Or it should be a collaborative effort, in my opinion. Yeah, and but it, it'd have to be done on a case-by-case -case basis. So yeah. We use a, a targeted poison uh, that's been around for a long time, but now they've refined it for rats. It's called cilantro, isn't it? Cilantro. Cilantro. Yes, yeah, cilantro, cilantro yeah. codicalciferol. Yeah, and it just, that just kills rats. Yeah. Which is great. It's not an anticoagulant either. No, it's not. Yeah, no. yeah. 
So um, that, that type of thing could uh, be very efficient uh, in the future uh, when we get mouse plagues, for example, mm. when the beech trees seed. Right, and, yeah. Mm. So it's, uh, it's having a, um, a strategy, nationwide strategy, which uh, predator-free is, mm. effectively. But it can, it can be, um, in my opinion, ramped up a bit, uh, putting some more boots on the ground and a lot more efficiency. So tell me quickly, because we don't have much much time left, how are you getting rid of these deer? Shooting them. Shooting them. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And um, You just go in uh, on the ground. Yep. Yeah. Uh, if it's... Um, we, a lot of people just uh, take the, the, um, the stags for the heads, mm. uh, but effective management for the future is you've, you've, got, you've got to take out hinds as well and some of the younger animals. Uh, otherwise, you get uh, an imbalance, and that's that's what we're finding at the moment. Mm. Um, there is there is quite a bit of uh, damage being caused by deer at the moment. Do you have a favourite gun? Yes. <laughs> that was out of the blue. <laughs> yeah, I, I've I've got a couple. Yeah, what's your favourite? Uh, triple two oh, yeah. and a seven mil eight. Nice. And Do you have a favourite? Just explain what they are. <laughs> <laughs> triple two and a a, tri- a triple two is a point two two calibre rifle, which is a centrefire rifle, uh, and the velocity is around three thousand feet per Ooh, second. That's fast. It's it? very very accurate. Just to give you a comparison. And an air rifle is something like 600 to 1,000 feet per second. Yeah, yeah. So 3,000 mm. feet per second. Yes. And 0.22, is that 0.22 of a inch? Inch. Yeah. It's my favourite. It's one of yeah. my favourites. Yeah. Is it yeah. one of those long yeah, bullets? Yeah. Longer than the yeah. normal little bullet, which is probably about 15 mil. Your bullet's talking about 20, 20, yeah. 25 mil. Whatever that is, yeah. what's that, two okay. and a half inches? Two Just inches. to paint a picture. Yeah. Yes, 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 for those. A long, skinny yeah. bullet. Yeah. <laughs> that goes really the, quick. The, yeah. the, that particular rifle was uh, very, very accurate. Um, and uh, when, it, when it hits the, uh, the animal, if you're hitting in the right spot uh, because you're picking, picking your, um, your target, uh, it gives a maximum impact and instant. This is very important, actually, uh, in in the hunting community. That's correct. To be accurate and to get a humane kill. You don't want to be maiming the animal and have it running off into the bush to Uh, die. That's an amateur hour, isn't it? That's definitely amateur hour. Hitting a 44-gallon drum. Yes, yes, that's Um, not. And the other gun you mentioned? Uh, it's a 7 mil 08. It is a 7 mil 08. Which is a bigger seven projectile. <laughs> bigger projectile, yeah. and uh, it's uh, the heavier projectile for bigger animals, so I can get uh, better penetration. 08 stands for? Uh, it's the length of the case. I oh, okay. okay, so 7 so, mil is the diameter of the yep, bullet. Yep. Okay. And okay. it's very, very, um, very, very efficient. All right, the seven, the seven firearm safety rules. We all have firearms licenses around this table. I'm getting embarrassed because I don't know them all. (laughs) (laughs) Don't drink alcohol when you are shooting. Yep, alcohol and drugs. Avoid both alcohol and drugs when handling violence. It's an after-shooting activity. Yes. (laughs) Identify your target. Absolutely, yes. Yes. Consider your firing zone. Don't have you go yes. loaded unless you're going to use it. Is that something like that? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yes, yes, the actual words are load a firearm only when ready to fire. Yes. Don't point it at anybody. Good call. Yeah. Always point firearms in a safe direction. I, I think three. you I think you get a tick for that. Yeah. And 
don't shoot shape, colour, sound or movement, fully identify your target. Yes, store firearms and ammunition <laughs> safely. <laughs> and treat Definitely every not. firearm as well. Those are the seven ah, rules that, that you live by. Yep. But they are very important rules. Yep. Yeah. Neil, that was awesome. We've totally run out of time. Um, but we really need to do another show with you. It was very don't interesting, we? wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. I really, really thank you very much. And from a non-hunting perspective too, you know, it's, it's interesting because it's there's a that's necessary to cull the deer. Otherwise, we're going to end up looking like a Scottish landscape. It's <laughs> that's important to know that you know the yeah. pigs and the deer are going to destroy it yeah. and the possums. So, so even if you don't like killing, you know, if you don't like say eating meat and things like that, unfortunately, it's a necessary evil. Mm. And if yep. it's done well, it's totally quick and painless. And if it's done with an integrated yeah. approach in mind yeah. too, we yeah. should have really good results. Yeah. It, it's all about management at the end of the day. And um, I think uh, it can be a win-win for, it, for everybody yeah. and especially for the environment. Yeah, which is very important. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening to the Pest Buzz radio show today. With Dad and, and Dawn. With Dad and Dawn. Have you got creepy crawly scurrying through your house? Or is your problem a bit bigger? Well, we can help. Being Canterbury owned and operated for 10 years means we've learnt a thing or two about our local invaders. We use non-toxic chemicals to provide a healthy environment for you and your family while evicting those nasties. And satisfaction is guaranteed. So eliminate the problem quickly and safely. For a full range of services, visit our website, elitepestcontrol.co.nz. The Pest Buzz, every second Friday of the month at 9.30am on Plains FM.